0: What's up, guys? Mitchell Pelkey back with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, I'm joined by co-owner and founder of East Coast Thighs Lacrosse, ECD Greg. How you doing, Greg?
1: Mitchell, I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Been looking forward Absolutely. to it. I was just saying a long-time listener was waiting for the invite. Patiently waiting. Let's waited.
0: go. Let's go. This is actually surreal for me. Like I, I remember growing up, I can, I can see myself on my couch with my iPhone, like 4s at the time, just watching East coast dives videos on YouTube. So this is, this is, this is surreal for me. And, and the relationship we building are going to continue to build is is something I'm excited for. So thank you.
1: It's funny, man. I look through my, I get like the memories on my phone, right? And one comes up from committed combine all the yeah. years ago, 2017, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was, um, I didn't know anything about your social channels at that point, but I just, you had that ridiculous, like blonde, no
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just standing there and putting on my story. Um, and then later looked up, like, you know, that you had a YouTube channel and everything, but it had to yeah. it just pop up the other day.
0: No, that's so funny. Cause I, I will never forget that. I was, I was, it was in the morning. I remember you posted in the morning and I was actually on a walk with my dad and I like look at my Apple watch and it's just like going off. People are following me because you, <laughs> posted that picture and like I'll never forget that moment but you know for people out there that are listening kind of give them you know what is East Coast Dies.
1: Yeah so East Coast Dies is a company I started uh, right out of college. I graduated in 2011, played some D3 ball um, and we started like a classic startup story right. It was in my basement, in my bedroom, started in my dorm room um, and real small just making homemade lacrosse mesh and over the last 10 years have slowly grown um, just grinded away, went from mesh to shafts and heads, made a lot of content, um, and have grown into one of, you know, probably the fastest growing and most recognizable brands, maybe not the biggest sales-wise or product-wise, because we only make the sticks still, but um, yeah, of course, we could content sticks. That's what we do.
0: Okay, so kind of start from the beginning. You kind of got that idea when you were a senior uh, at Elizabethtown College, correct?
1: right yeah so i played at E Town, uh, like i said d3 ball um and that senior season they told us we couldn't use our turf because it was like too old and had been condemned i guess uh need, risk or whatever so they put us on this practice field that was like you know it's a small d3 school we don't have good facilities to begin with you put us on the grass field it was like basically mud um, <laughs> so for that whole season i was the guy who was restreaming everybody's sticks and everyone's pocket was just was just garbage because the mesh at the time, um, wasn't great, right. It wasn't weatherproof. It would get really hard when it was cold or icy or muddy. Um, and so I was dealing the whole season with these terrible sticks, having to fix them up all year. And when I graduated, um, I was having a summer off before I would go to grad school, get my masters. I was like, well, I don't really want to go back and be a bus boy for another summer. So I just figured I could make a little bit of money, stringing sticks, uh, shipping them out of my house. And that's when I started to tinker with the idea of maybe a better mesh to put in all the sticks that I was stringing, um, started dunking and dunking mesh and wax in the basement and just kind of s- slowly glided off from there. It was, it was basically a hobby, right? I had always planned to get my master's in accounting, which I did, pass CPA exam, which I did, um, and then go get a job in public accounting. Um, but in that two or two and a half years it took to do all those things, it became apparent that my full-time job should really be running this lacrosse company.
0: That's awesome. That's so sick. And even before that, you played lacrosse at Loyola, correct?
1: Yeah, Loyola Blakefield. Uh, we okay. were number one my senior year because Steele Stanwyck was a junior that year. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't play a lot, but it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, how cool was that? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, were you kind of the stick doctor of that team, just always helping dudes out with their stick?
1: I wasn't too confident at that time. I mostly did my stick, my brother's stick, was always tweaking them, Um, but I didn't know a lot then. I just knew what I had taught myself and would mess around. So I didn't do anybody else's stick then, just Mike and mine and would mess. I had a ton of sticks, would mess around with my own. Um, So I wasn't messing with other people's sticks then, but yeah, it was fun. Got to play with a lot of good players. Um, My shining moment was junior year. Um, Mike Kimmel was a senior. And he went on to, to play for the Bayhawks. He was very, very good. He was having a terrible game. So they yanked him out, put me in. Obviously terrible. I didn't, really? think, I didn't do anything. But it was just like the only time in my life I was going to get subbed out for a future MLL All-Star.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. That's funny how like, you all, you'll never forget that, too. That's awesome. So you you, you go on to, to E-Town um, and, and you guys say you, you play on that muddy field. What was kind of, you know, the thought process into like, what was next for you? Like, how did you know it was Mac a wax mesh and not just regular mesh, but a different kind?
1: So I was on what was then called the lacrosse forums. It was on inside lacrosse. And it was like social media for stick doctors before. I mean, Instagram was barely out at this time. Um, And so it was where people were exchanging ideas, talking about stringing and dyeing. And so that's where I started to learn a lot of the technical stuff that goes into stringing and saw some people messing around with different types of meshes. And um, so I was looking at like chapstick formulas, lip balm formulas, because wax is um, waterproof. It repels water, right? It can't absorb water. They use it for like shoe coatings and all kinds of stuff. Wax is used to waterproof. And it also is softer, right? The hard coating you had to break in. And it would either, there was like a sweet spot for two weeks where it would be, and then all of a sudden it would be too soft and worn out, but it took you two months to get it that way. So with the wax, it would start soft and stay soft because it wouldn't break down if the wax was in the mesh. Uh, So, I mean, it wasn't like I don't have a science degree or anything. It was literally just like lip balm and chapstick recipes in a crock pot. (laughs) (laughs) It's as simple as it sounds.
0: Okay, so uh, you said those two, you know, you're trying to get your, you're trying to get your, I think you said master's in those two years, you know, you're grinding away at this East Coast eyes thing. When was it apparent to you that, wow, this is, this is like my job. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like this is kind of taking over me getting my master's and me kind of taking that accounting route.
1: Yeah, so I think there's. People think about entrepreneurship, and a lot of times now they think of raising money, venture capital, um, like that is how a startup works. There's another way to do it, which is you bootstrap it, right? So for two years, I had a full-time job. I was a lacrosse coach for a youth program. I was taking grad school classes. and Whatever time was left in the day, which was usually like 6, to 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. was when I worked. And so I had a full-time job that was paying all the bills and you just work your ass off and that way you're not in debt you don't owe anybody anything you you own the whole company um and you just you gotta grind away for a couple of years to build that base and so we did that we were in the house for a full year and it was black friday of 2013 um that our website just like blew up like 800 orders in one day which was a lot for us because we used to fill them by hand out of our dining room and lined them up on a pool table. It took us like three straight days of night shifts to ship all that out. And at that point we were like, we don't fit in the house anymore. It was, um, my brother, Mike, Ben, and one or two other guys. And so we went and sublet our first warehouse, which was little, but it was somewhere that wasn't our home. So that was the first big step. But even that wasn't a lot of risk, right? It was just a sublet. We didn't have a lease. We could end it at any time. Um, but then we're at that sublet. we got up to like 10 guys in this tiny little space and we're just cranking out wax mesh like so much wax mesh dies everywhere we would line it up in the parking lot take up like five or six parking spaces of all this mesh that was drying yeah. and it was the summer and one day it started to get a little cold and we realized like what are we gonna do when it's winter like we don't have <laughs> enough space for any of this stuff and so that's when we had to go get our big warehouse which was the yeah. first like Risk taking that we took I had to go sign okay. a big lease with a legit leasing company, took on 10,000 square feet. Like, if things went belly up before that, we would have had money in the bank, wouldn't have owed anybody anything, we just closed it down, and you know, whatever happens, happened. Yeah, but now, we this lease we're on the hook for for three years for tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's what like, became real,
0: okay. And kind of backtracking a little bit, getting your brother Mike involved, you know, was that something that like you approached him about when you wanted to take that next step or you guys were all always kind of working together on it? Yeah,
1: he was uh, very 100% accounting for the first handful of months of the business, first three, four, five months, that first summer. Um, and then I just got too busy. I just needed second hands to ship while I would make the mesh. Um, and he is, we're like, we're twins, obviously. I don't know. I guess people on the podcast wouldn't know that. My brother and I are twins. I can didn't anything like We don't act anything alike, but we're very different, right? And so a lot of the reason the business was able to scale is he he could think bigger than I did, right? I was always thinking about just doing the next thing, creating the videos, making the mesh. And he was meanwhile thinking like, how can we ramp up production? How can we scale our shipping? Um, And so when he came in, he started running a little bit of the operations while I did content and product.
0: Okay. So my mom always told me, it kind of rings a bell of like, if you ever want to start a company, keep it inside the family. Do you kind of do you really believe that?
1: You know, I've gotten people that have told me that. I've gotten people that have told me the exact opposite. Yeah. I think it's dangerous. I know people who don't talk to their brothers or sisters because a business deal went bad. Yeah. It, it, um, but for me it's been great. Some of the early hires were my good friends. My brother's been there since day one. And I think. we've done and needed to do was split the business so that our duties overlap as little as possible Possible. and that way we're not bickering like children all the time which does it happens from time to time but we try and avoid it
0: yeah i think like you said setting those boundaries early definitely helps you out in the future and kind of going back to you know working it in college how did you come up with the name obviously you know making dyed mesh in maryland on the east coast it kind of makes sense but was there a different reason
1: that is literally as, as complicated as the guy. I was like, I'm dying <laughs> stuff. I'm on the East Coast. East Coast dies. What do they do in Maryland? Crabs. Boom, put lacrosse yeah. stick in his hand. Logo, like, and because at the time that I made the name and I made the logo, I wasn't thinking about ten years from then. I was like, well, I'm gonna be done with this in six months. So who cares, right? It was just yeah. like put together in Clip Art or uh, Illustrator
0: or whatever. Did how, what about the what about the colors? You know, that yellow and blue is that kind of a spin-off of crabs the travel team, or did you just like those?
1: No, so I uh initially the logo was Maryland colors, right? Yellow, red, black, white. And then I was doing this mesh that was neon yellow and blue, and people really liked it. So I just sort of picked out two random colors again. No thought went into this because the plan was <laughs> never to keep doing it. So I was like again, blue and yellow. If you were to look at ECD. From a strict branding standpoint you say that logo is way too complicated and it's very regional the name makes no sense because what do you don't do any of that anymore we don't dye stuff really yeah. and the, the colors are clashing and they don't they don't also don't make any sense together uh, but i think it was some of that oddness that people like grabbed onto right it was yeah relatable it wasn't so corporate um people ended up liking that
0: and i think too when you guys are starting out you're attacking kind of that elementary school middle school high school genre of mesh obviously like young lax rats and i think like anything eye popping like that with the blues and yellows and it's like eye candy to us so i think like that was a big reason why it took off too i think people just love the colors and the name and kind of the logo
1: yeah that that back then that was the thing right to have like bright colors in your stick crazy flow society shorts obviously if you look at our website now we have really dialed the branding into basically just the blue. We simplified our logo. We have East Coast Dyes to ECD. Um, and our, all our products are much cleaner. So I think as the times have changed, we've been very conscious to change our look and product mix. But everything comes and goes. So, what you know, 10 years from now, we might be back to where we were 10 years ago.
0: So if I were to tell you, you know, when you were working those two years that you'd be doing this, you know, for potentially the rest of your life at that time, you know, what would you have said to me, you think?
1: That would have blown my mind. Like I could not have even remotely imagined it. I was so dead set on doing accounting, which is great. Accounting, yeah. I think, is a good career. And I think I would have liked it, but I certainly wouldn't have loved it. I, just, I couldn't have even dreamed up what has happened. And I'm, it's not like we have the biggest business in the world, but it's lacrosse, right? And so for me, it is the most important thing in the world. And so I, I don't think anybody, Mike or myself or Ben, could have told you that any of that was gonna happen, uh, pretty surreal. And now to look at our warehouse, which is like filled to the brim with lacrosse gear. If you had told 10 year old Greg that that's what I would be doing as a 30 year old, I would have like lost it. That would have been really? a dream come true. So yeah.
0: And you just said, you kind of hit on lacrosse being the most important aspect of your life. You know, when it when when did you really kind of fall in love with the game? Was it playing at Lola, was it playing at e or was it really when you started this whole thing?
1: I think I've actually fallen in love with the game more since I graduated college. I liked it, but when you're in college, your nose is down. It's pretty much a grind, right? Like looking back on those days, I have a lot of fond memories, but what you don't remember is like late nights at practice when it's freezing cold and it's raining, like, and you know better than anybody. And that was just D3. like college lacrosse is not easy. So when I was in the grind, it was was really hard. And I think it's hard to stay in love with the game when it's, that much of your life and you know you get uh but the big thing that i look back on that makes lacrosse stand out to me is that it's the the friends the relationships i I met my wife because yeah i met my business partners my best friends um the sport was basically just a vessel to like bring these people into my life and i think that that's what we're trying to share with people
0: Yeah, I think it's so funny you said that, too, because I think for me, like I I genuinely enjoy playing and watching the sport more now that I'm on a college level. I don't know. I I don't know if it's from the competitiveness of of the game being so much more competitive or how fast it is. But when I I remember when I got to Ohio State and started playing, I was like, wow, this is like super fun. And in high school, it wasn't that fun to me, but it was something I knew I always wanted to do. But I remember getting to Columbus and playing for the first time. I was like, wow, like this is this is awesome but kind of going back to your early years, did you kind of grow up with that entrepreneurial mindset? Did you ever start any other companies or or, or no?
1: So my dad uh, is an entrepreneur. He started a couple of businesses, but most notably uh, an accounting firm. My mom's a CPA, my dad's a CPA, my brother and I were CPA, CPAs. So that runs in the family. But when my brother and I were born, he started his own business. And so we grew up in that environment. We worked at the office from the time we were like six shredding paper. We were always in there. Um, and, I think that he installed that in us passively just because we were always around the business. And we learned what comes with that, which is he was working all the time at tax season, um, yeah. right? He wasn't around. I mean, he always made time, like tax season is lacrosse season, uh, Yeah, you know, tax taxes are due April 15th. That is lacrosse season. Yeah. Um, but without a doubt, he was at every single one of our game. He was our coach. And so we saw that dedication and what being an entrepreneur can do. So I had, um, I was always interested in starting businesses. I had a couple little things I would do in college. I would like buy broken Xboxes on eBay and fix them. Um, a couple stupid little things like that but never, Just to make some money, never yeah. really land.
0: <laughs> okay, and so you kind of hit on it. Um, you know, working out of your working out of your house. You know, you and five buddies, employees. You know, really attacking it every day. I mean, your your slogan is "Work hard pays off." and and when 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 you were in that house you know working you kind of hit on it too but when when was that next step to really you know branch out and get that little 2000 square foot office to really keep this thing going
1: yeah i think the key was just continuing to ramp up right never standing still always moving forward and so we were always thinking about the next thing um, so once we had our bigger warehouse that's when we launched shafts. And then after that, we were like, well, now it's time to turn our vision to heads. Um, We're always trying to, I call it zig when other people zag, but as soon as one of our competitors starts noticing some of the things that we're doing is working, they start doing it too. And that's immediately when I say to people, or think to myself, it's time to move on to the next thing, you know? So as soon as a lot of we've been doing the highlights for years we've been noticing a lot of competitors are starting to hop on that and that's what i'm thinking yeah. to myself like how can i move out and go do the next thing while they're still trying to catch up with us so that's been our mindset how does that
0: time. make you feel that these well, companies are, are I, I'm following a really you.
1: competitive you so i get really like really into it so when i see people uh doing the same things as us it, it's nice you know it's good to see people recognizing that we're doing the right thing but um i always want to beat them to the next thing i hate losing and it is in lacrosse right being competitive is a great thing but you can have that instant gratification of winning in business it's a really slow game right so we might have a head that i think is gonna beat our competitors in development for 18 months two years 24 months so it's a really slow game that you gotta pace yourself rather than getting that instant gratification of scoring a goal winning that game you know it takes a long time it's a very different feeling
0: okay and now fast forward to 2016 and you kind of hit on the beginning now you're in a 21,000 square foot you know warehouse where ecd headquarters is in in maryland kind of full circle how crazy is that from starting really in your basement to now in this warehouse and 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 greg you you started this whole thing and made this whole thing possible
1: it's, it's crazy. Like it, We called it the ECD Fantasy Factory for a little while because if you were a lacrosse kid, you were to design up like what where you wanted to show up to work every day. It's pretty much exactly what you would design. There's walls of heads, uh, turf where you can go play and shoot whenever you want. Um, like if you were to just create a, your ideal place out of your imagination, that'd be it. And the fact that I get to show up there in whatever I want to wear to work yeah. every day and, and do for all intents and purposes, whatever I want to do, is just a really great feeling. But same thing, like, that, that place is great. We're already planning HQ4, or HQ5, or whatever else it would be. Like, how really? can we make this thing better? How can we host games at our headquarters? How can we um, have a box facility? How can we have a weight yeah. room open to athletes? Like, how can we bring more people in? And so um, it's that never-satisfied kind of attitude.
0: That's awesome. And do you think you'll always stay in Maryland?
1: I think we'll stay in Maryland. It'd Be hard to move a lot, you know. We're, we're getting a little older and our employees have families now, so it'd be hard to move out. Um, people always ask us about like a satellite office, you know, west coast eyes out west or something. Um, that would be a cool idea,
0: yeah. That would be sweet thinking about that now, like east coast eyes in California. That would be so sick.
1: I could go for a little satellite office like out in San Diego or something, I'd be down, for yeah. I
0: think like weekend That'd be trips. Cool. Yeah, for
1: sure. And one of our close partners is, is Jimilax, and Jimilax yeah. is in Arizona, so we kind of treat that
0: like ECD West Coast. There you go. That's that's a good little getaway. And and, and now East Coast as a whole, you guys sponsor ten pros, eight guys, and, and and two girls. How cool is that? I mean, I think like obviously with the warehouse and the much you guys grown is cool, but I think just like having like pros and representing your stuff in game and when they practice, like how 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 cool was that for you guys?
1: Yeah, there's been some cool moments with the pros, right, to go from, even when we were making this stuff in our basement, um, a really validating moment was University of Michigan bought 400 pieces of the wax mesh we made in the basement for their whole team, the whole team was gonna use it that season. Um, wow. And same kind of feeling like we found that a couple of Hopkins players, um, Brandon Ben uh, was using it. And that was just like, kind of unsure what you're doing get this business and you know it's going well but and little kids like it but to have the best players in the country take it up is yeah. a whole nother level and so getting to see guys that i was a fan of and idolized like um casey powell miles jones like use stuff that we created on the field it's awesome but also a little stressful right when they're out there yeah. for team usa or the pll like there's a lot on the line and that gear has to live up to its name. So if, if they throw a bad pass and miss a shot, I'm always in the back of my head, like, ah, you know, kind of, yeah. is that the stick? Like kind of, stressful. kind of worried a little bit. Yeah.
0: And how has that process been with just like, you know, communicating with them and getting them whatever they need. And, you know, has there's probably been some ups and downs with obviously working with different people, but as a whole, you know, have you learned a lot from the experience of working like with these pros and getting them whatever they need?
1: Yeah, we have a guy, Pat, who handles everything that they need, gets their sticks strung up for the season, gets them set up with care packages of our apparel and stuff. And so that makes it really easy because I don't have to think about it, right? I just have to think about making the content. But um, yes, all the guys we pick to work with have to meet the criteria of, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they have a brand, yeah. but also like they're good guys who are fun to work with. Like we don't want to yeah. work with any prima donnas who are going to be a pain. Yeah. So it's kind of a common. You got to pick the right people too to make your life easy, like Miles Jones. Sergio Perkovic, like those dudes are, are super Pretty easy guys, going. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I love that. But let's uh, fast forward into what you said. Um, in the beginning, like 2017, I, I met you first time at Committed Combine. I remember like being so nervous to go over and meet you and Katie. Because I remember Katie was interning for you guys that summer filming, you know, for you guys. And I come over, I'm like, hey, can I get a picture, blah, 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 with my YouTube car. And, uh, I just remember like meeting you and you're like, wow, look at that mohawk. and took a picture and I just, it's, it's surreal to see like our relationship build and uh, obviously staying connected and, and got my hands on a ECD rebel still to this day, my favorite head of all time. I used it all senior year and it's just crazy to where we become, you know, now and now like recently with the DNA release, you know, how crazy was that for you guys to make kind of something really not ordinary.
1: Yeah, every time I see that, a TikTok with that poster in the background, I'm like, oh, "Fuck yeah. that!" it has got the ECB head, <laughs> right? You're yeah. like holding it up like right next to your yeah. huh That's my favorite. Um, yeah, the, the DNA diamond was good. I think that we're going to really follow that into the future. So I've always, people have made limited edition heads. Like, like Rabel made one that was, it came in a box. It had mesh. It had like a little gold medallion. Made a thousand of them. They sat on the shelves for years. Like nobody's ever want to make, make a cool head a cool looking head we sell limited edition shafts all the time it's really easy to decorate we can put usa or whatever we want on them but the heads nobody really wants solid color heads um it's pretty much just black and white it's like 90 yeah. percent white i have always thought that clear would be the way to make a, a popular different look of a head i just think like it's not in your face but it's still super cool um, and it just took a long time to get the plastic right, because most clear plastics aren't durable enough for lacrosse. So that was the big challenge. And that's not that's the engineering, guys, you know, I don't have much to do with that.
0: <laughs> and finding out that process, who kind of came up with that idea first, you know, in the office, which employee was like, hey, let's make a clear head. And I mean, in my lifetime, that's this is the first time I've ever seen a clear head.
1: Yeah, we, we're right. Because it was 20 years ago they made the first one, the edge ice. Um, I've been pushing it really hard, but ever since we made our first head in 2017, the Mirage, um, we've always tried clear plastics and had a lot of problems. We've had, I think there's a lot that goes into a lacrosse head making one that people don't know about. But since we had head molds to put plastic in, we've made two, three hundred different plastics of heads. Mm And so you make like 50 at a time. You get a, what a sample bag. You make 50 heads of this new plastic. And we run it through all these engineering tests. We field test them. And the success ratio is like 1% or less. You know, like the, out of every 100, only one of them is going to be viable. So it's okay. a lot of failure that gets you to these plastic innovations.
0: So it's kind of going off that. What's like your process to like, tell if a head is good enough you know durable enough to play in a game
1: so we have a handful of tests one of which we showed in videos which is called thor which is basically like a robotic arm
0: yeah i saw that
1: swings the head through a spring-loaded bar and so however you know you get certain get to a certain number of hits we assume it's pretty durable and then we literally have a guy who does what we call a bash test uh that smashes it on a big warehouse pole okay (laughs) and uh that's they don't make testing equipment for lacrosse tests. we do stuff that's a little more technical and even that you got a field test because there's all kinds of stuff that comes up in because lacrosse is so dynamic that you would never foresee in the lab that might break ahead so we've had ones that pass all the lab testing and then they go out to the field and they end up breaking
0: yeah and and what does that process look like for shafts pretty similar
1: shafts are easier because shafts are very linear right we can yeah cross check it like a cross check you can bend it till it breaks with the fancy machine they've got in their r d lab um, we've got a 20 pound medicine ball rigged up to a big thing that drops <laughs> it and smashes it so those are a little bit better and we've been doing them for longer so we have a lot of data on how our strength data lined up with warranties and so if we're seeing warranties spike we'll go back to the data and say we have to increase some of those numbers
0: Okay. And kind of just a thought I had in my head, you know, talking about all this stuff of how you really run this business, you and Mike, but, you know, in your position, what would you say is like the hardest, most challenging thing, you know, for you and to run this business and keep it successful? Is it, you know, keeping up with the competitors? Is it designing the next product? Is it, you know, taking care of the orders? What would you say that is for you? Kind
1: of the whole thing, um, but we're very product driven like to yeah. think of ourselves like apple where the product comes first and we're not looking to get into a bunch of beginner stuff we're not looking to make gloves and helmets and all that stuff we're doing very few things and we're doing them really well at, at the high end and so we let the product drive the brand and base a lot of our success on how the product feels and works and making sure it's it's designed for the best players and but then i think the next thing you mentioned is like connecting with customers that's something we do better than everybody else is yeah. people when they talk to us they feel like they're talking to a person they feel like they know the brand they relate to it more um so i think they tend to be more brand loyal so just trying to nurture that relationship responding to dms all the all the little
0: yeah. things add up and you hit on like the loyalty of, of kind of the fan base you guys have grown and i was looking on the website like you guys have times where people and obviously not now due to covid but times where people can come in and visit the offense like not a lot of big companies are doing that. And I thought that that was so cool, but you kind of hit on the gear part, you know, gloves, elbow pads, shorter pads. Is that something you guys think you'll ever get into or no?
1: I personally am not that excited about that stuff. Um, I think we could work on it, but the analogy I like to use um, is that focus brings quality, right? If we're gonna be, think of Tesla, I think that there are other companies that have good electric cars, but Tesla only makes electric cars. And so in your mind, because that's the only thing they do, they will always be better at it. Even if somebody else something is better than theirs, because that's all they focus on, you automatically assume there's going to be of a higher quality. So by keeping our line concise, because we only make sticks, that generally means that we'll have more time to focus on it and they'll be better. And also people will perceive them as better. Um, it's like, You know, nobody wants to go to Walmart to buy the lacrosse stick because they have, they don't, they don't do lacrosse, right? They have everything, even though they do have lacrosse sticks Um, and uh, lacrosse specialty store, you would usually think is more reputable. So that's our goal by focusing on very few things is to do them better than everyone else.
0: I like that analogy. The Tesla one was good, but you know, last question here before we hop off, you know, what could me and and the rest of the fans and the audience really expect from East Coast eyes? Good
1: question. It's been a weird year. So it's really thrown our planning for a loop, right? I mean, I'm still sitting on my hands waiting for a high school season, but you can expect more content. That's part of our strategy, right? I don't care if you ever buy our stick or not, like you don't have to, but if you watch our highlights, I really appreciate that. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of people who've watched some of our videos and never bought anything. And that's fantastic because part of our business is just making that content for the good of lacrosse. So people can yeah. enjoy it. Like, I, I
0: don't that. make
1: any money from going out there and spending my weekends and nights on lacrosse fields filming, but people appreciate that stuff. And we, the number of emails I've gotten from people who said they started playing because they saw one of our videos is crazy. And so to me, that's more important than any of it, right? So... I like to say, we'll make fans first. You might be a fan of the company and never bought a single thing. Um, and then customers second. That's kind of how we look at it. So more content, uh, different content, just trying to get back one like that series, Breaking 100 was one of my favorites. We need more stuff like that. That's like more yeah. dynamic, more personal, more relatable. Um, and then you'll probably see some more stuff in that diamond tech from us, the, okay. the clear head tech.
0: Yeah. yeah, we've got we got
1: we, we've got a goalie head rolling out this year, which there we go. Goalies are very excited for. Not that many people are are too pumped about it, but goalies because they get kind of get neglected. They're really pumped for it.
0: Yeah, they're in their own breed. Well, Greg, I appreciate yeah. it, man. This is it's such a surreal moment for me. Like I said, I remember watching YouTube East Coast Eyes on my white iPhone 4s on my mom's couch, and now we're sitting here talking on my podcast. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
1: i was got to be old man. When I look at you, I see a lot of. What I was doing, but smarter and more tech savvy and younger. So I think you got. Uh, I think you're doing the right thing. Sweet. Well,
0: thank you. I so watch. Much. All, I watch
1: every TikTok. You put out a lot of tiktok Really? And I watch them all. <laughs> I thank you. To. I try.
0: I try to stay consistent with that. I think like a lot of people know that's kind of the next thing. But I don't know. I just try to stay consistent on all platforms. But you know, you're definitely a guy I look up to. Just so thank you again.
1: Thank, glad to be on here. Thanks, man.